Well, I remember so well. I had no idea Brian was going to read that. But I can remember so well sitting in my bedroom with my notebook open, writing those attributes out. And I was 15 years old. Wow. And I, for years and years and years, have spent time focusing and coming into a greater understanding of God. When I was five years old, I began to be very aware of a movement inside myself. And that movement was joyful, it was painful, it was just so many different things. And I never could really quite understand what it was all about. But as it developed and as I began to follow it and pay attention to it more and more, I realized it was my longing for God. That I just longed so to be with God, to be one with God, to understand God, to know God. And I remember asking so clearly my brother and other people around me, you know, do they have that pain? Do they have that longing? And I remember I was about seven, maybe eight years old, and I asked my brother about this, and uh, he said, well, you know, I used to feel that, and, and I, I had that sensation, but then I realized it was for girls. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> At eight years old, it didn't make sense, but okay. I thought, how would that energy, that, that feeling, that want for God, all of a sudden move out there into the world with, and be with a girl rather than with God? But he never had put it together as God per se, but he always had this longing, this pull. And I think a lot of us have that. I think a lot of us have a longing, a pull, an emptiness. I mean, we can call it so many different things. A void inside, an unanswered whatever it is that has haunted us, that has followed us, that has always been there. And we have placed it into action with different things. Fortunately, I placed it with God and I kept it with God. I didn't move it out into the world with different things in the world and, and start chasing after the world. I kept interpreting and understanding it that it was a movement of loving between me and God and God never wanting me to give attention to the divine first. You know, I always say God first and God only. And that really comes from that process that I was going through. And I realized that as long as I kept God first and God only in my thoughts, in my actions, in everything I do, that everything seems to flow, everything seems to line up. And I'm not empty, I'm full. I'm not longing, I'm fulfilled. But it's when I start placing my attention more on the world and try to move that energy into the world to manifest it somehow or to fulfill it somehow, that it gets lost. And then I go into emptiness, then I go into longing, then I go into not knowing, not understanding. And so that's where I came up with the statement of God first and God only. And it really is important to keep that alignment and know how this is to unfold, how this is to move. So, when I was a child, I prayed a lot, 
I talked with God a great deal. And I found that talking to God on a daily basis is one of the greatest things that we can do. And I remember I would pray in the morning. I would say certain things to God about, you know, what I wanted, what I wanted for my parents or whatever, just turning it over to God, giving it all up to God, because I knew I couldn't do anything with it. But I knew that my mom needed help with her health and different things like that. And then in the afternoon I would come home and I would sit out in the yard between our house, the my house and the neighbors, and I would just talk to God. And I would just tell, tell God what was going on inside of me, my confusion, my pain, my questions, my concerns. I would tell God what happened during the day. And, Oh, I got mad at so-and-so, and the teacher yelled at me, or just whatever it was. And, and I would just give it up to God, because I didn't know what to do with it. And these were the things that, that would confuse me. My, my pain, my sorrow, my anger, my frustration, my blame, my guilt, my whatever. I just, I, I didn't know what to do with it. And so I just gave it up to God because I didn't want to feel that way. I didn't want all that stuff on me. And it felt like a lot of stuff. And it felt like no matter what I did, whoever I talked to about it, they couldn't give me an answer. They couldn't really give me clarity. What do you do with these feelings? What do you do with these thoughts? What do you do when somebody is angry at you and they won't let you know why they're angry? What do you do when you don't like somebody and, and yet you're trying to like them or be nice to them, but you don't like them? You know, and so I would just give it all up to God and say, God, this is yours. I don't know what to do with this. And I don't want it to get between me and you. I want to be with you in this loving that I keep feeling, you with me and me with you. And I tell you what, if you just spend time every day talking with God and sharing with God that way, God will listen. And God will do. God will be in action with you. But you have to allow it. And that's the key. You have to allow it. And the problem is with getting to be an adult, we all think we have to do it ourselves. No, I'll do it myself. I don't need you. I don't need you telling me what to do. I'll do it. Well, I'll tell you what, I still live in innocence with God today, and I go, I don't know what to do. I really don't. I try in my life to get in there and do it the way the world tells you to do it, that you have to do it yourself, that you have to stand strong, you have to be brave, you have to whatever. And every time I go and try to do it myself, it's like the world just goes, oh yeah? And they stick a leg out, and I trip and fall. <laughs> but every time, I just give it up to God and say, God, you know, I don't know what to do with this. I don't understand this. I just give it to you. This is yours. Enter it in, 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 in my life to, to be with me in this. And as soon as I ask that, it's done. I can feel God's presence come in and go before me. And that's why I have always said, you know, every day when I wake up, and I would invite you to do the same, every day when I wake up, I ask God to send forth the Holy Spirit before me, clearing away any and all disturbances and distractions, that I might keep my awareness focused on you. 
and only you. And that anything that tries to pull me away from that be cleared away by your loving. And I'll tell you what, you ask and you will receive it. But you've got to ask. You've got to participate in your spiritual journey. You know, God is ever right there with you, waiting. But how often do we choose to be with God? You know, I remember sitting at a Baptist church. And I, I used to go to all these different churches. Every Sunday I'd go with one of the neighbors to the Catholic church, to the Baptist church, to the Methodist church. I used to go to synagogue some. And because I wanted to find out, well, how do people see God? And how were they doing it? Because I figured somewhere I was going to find a, a religion, a church, uh, uh, somebody, something that would be doing it the way I was doing it and help me to understand how to do it better. Or give me, you know, definition and direction of things. Because I had a lot of things running inside that I didn't really have words on to, to express it in the world. And I remember sitting with a Baptist minister one time. And I, I, I was telling him how I give things up to God. I keep giving it up to God. And he says, no, 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 don't, don't, God doesn't want all that stuff. <laughs> no, God wants wants you to be pent, repent. You know, you have, you are a sinner. You were born a sinner and you are a sinner. And you've got to repent. Well, I had no idea what that meant. You know, here he's talking about sinner and repent and you have to repent and, and all that. So I remember I went home and I got the dictionary out and I opened it up and I looked up sin and sin said, to turn away from, to turn away from the source, to turn away from the light, to turn away. And I thought, well, that makes sense, because when I turn away from God to try to do it the way the world tells me to do it, it's painful, it hurts, I don't like it. And that's why I always come back to just be with God. So then I looked up repent, and it said to turn toward, to turn around and return. And I went, I am, I repent. <laughs> I'm doing what he said. <laughs> I was so excited. And I went back the next Sunday and I told him, I understand what you're talking about. And I am repenting. And he goes, well, then you have to start giving money to the church. <laughs> but I'm only like nine, ten years old, you know. I don't have, and he says, well, we ask people to donate something to the church to let the action of giving and receiving from God be there in that. And you can give a little bit of your, your um, allowance if you want. Even 50 cents, 25 cents, just to put it into action in the world. And I, I was very confused with that. I thought, oh my God, you, I really have to give money to God? And I went home that day and I just started sitting out beside the house talking to God and saying, I'm confused. You know, there, I've never felt anything move inside of me concerning money or the giving of money or any of that. And now he's got this thing, this, this minister about repentance and money and they go together and that's the true sign of a repentant soul and all this. And, and God just said, don't go back there. You don't need that confusion. Follow that which is inside you first. 
before anything else, follow that which is inside you first. And so I did. So I would invite you to begin to become like a child. Maybe the child that you were and maybe have forgotten. Go back to that simplicity. And if you've ever felt that longing inside of you, that longing for loving, that longing for God, that longing for whatever it is, go back and see if you can find that place where it began inside of you. I'm sure it was at a very early age. And I'm sure, I know, that it was God loving you and you loving God. And in that time period of your life, you knew God very well. You might have remembered where you even came from before you took on this body. Maybe you were aware of angels or teachers or lights in your life, around you. I don't know how it was for you, but go back to that innocence. Go back to that loving. Go back to that simplicity. Because that's where you're going to find the truth of who you are. If you do it through the mind, if you do it through the emotions, if you do it through the body, if you do it through the way of the world, it's going to be a challenge. Because there's a lot of obstacles placed in all of that. A lot of misdefinitions and a lot of misdirection. So go back to where maybe that that beginning of remembering of who you are as soul began. As a child, we all knew. We all knew. At least I knew, and I have, I've known other children that know. And if we pay attention, we'll begin to see and hear in other and children where they know. They know the simplicity. They know the loving. They know God. They know the innocence. The innocence of their own soul and the innocence of the world. If we can recapture that, we can then once again live that. The simplest way to do that is through meditation. Because in meditation, we can rise above all that is of the physical nature. The body consciousness, the imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious. And begin to get connected back into that simplicity, back into that loving flow. And begin to take a journey, a journey back into the truth of who we are. Not as these bodies and the consciousness of this body, but in the simplicity of that movement of loving that is the soul. Because that's who we really are. We are spirit. We are divine. We are soul. I remember very clearly when I was five, six, seven years old, I heard told to me over and over from within, you are a living child of God. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. Live the truth of who you are and do not live that which others tell you you are. And I would hear that over and over and over. And that's the truth. You are the living, loving essence of the Lord. You're not your mind. You're not this physical body. And you're not of this world. 
You are of the spirit. You are of soul. You are of loving. And the more you can begin to wake up to that and let go of all that that you have believed yourself to be and have been told to be, the more joyful your life will become, the easier your life will become, and the fulfillment will be tremendous because that fulfillment that you're looking for in your life is really God loving you and you loving God and living in that river of loving. That's what the soul is longing for in this world. But if that's what the soul is really longing for in this world, what the hell is it doing in this world? Because this world doesn't represent a lot of the loving of God, does it? Not really. This world is a separate creation. This world is an opportunity for the soul to learn about itself in a new way, in a different way. Where in spirit and soul, we live in oneness with God. We live in the fulfillment of who we are in God. Even right now, your soul is really in the realms of spirit and soul, living a great deal of that fulfillment, but now it has gotten caught up in looking down and out into this physical creation, and it also lives in a sense of separation. It's even forgotten much of the truth of itself as it looks down and out and lives through this body. But it's doing that in order to learn about itself, one, and the, the, the experience of separation, to experience separation, to experience darkness, to experience aloneness, but also to experience creativity. We experience a tremendous amount of creativity moving in us and through us all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. And one of the aspects of God is creativity. The soul is very creative. It's loving and it's creative. Those are two things that we are definitely going to learn about in these bodies, in these incarnations, and in this creation. We learn about separation, we learn about creativity, we learn about loving. So, if that's true, and if that's what the soul is here to do, then that is something to pay attention to. And realize that if we can learn our lessons, we don't have to stay here. Just like the school, ha ha ha, if you learn the lessons and you get the grade, you pass. Well here, it's a little more challenging when it comes to spirit, because they grade harder than they do at the school system. There you can kind of slip by on a lot of stuff and still get your diploma. But when it comes to the spiritual quest, the Lord of this creation, the physical creation, the one who created this, is a strict disciplinarian. And he holds you to the line. And he says, I've got to teach you the lessons I have to teach you. And I'm not going to let you leave here till I know you've really learned them. Because the creator of all things is really going to get on to me if I let you slip through. So it means then, pay attention. 
If you really want to fulfill yourself as a soul, if you really want to learn and liberate the soul from this creation and return back home from which you came, then pay attention. Pay attention to your life. Pay attention to the moment. Pay attention and start taking responsibility for your actions and your reactions, your thoughts and your feelings. Because that's where all the lessons lie. That's where all the learning is. Is in those qualities, those movements of life. And when we begin to do those things, life changes. We are transformed. Life gets simpler. And yes, you're still going to deal with the world. You're still going to deal with these bodies. You're still going to have the challenges of all of it. But you will walk through it and walk with it and walk in it in a different way than before. Because now you walk in loving. Now you walk with God and God walks with you. Now you walk in simplicity. Now you have your longing in the right place. You're not longing for the world anymore. You're not longing for that person to fill you in the world anymore. You're not longing for that career and that money. Your longing is directed with God, and now it's not longing. Now it's knowing. Now it's living the fulfillment of that. And that's what we want. We're longing for so much, and yet it's only one thing, if you really get down to the root of it, and that is to know God's love, and to know that God knows we love God. But, do you believe in God? Well, I've been told there's a God, I don't know there's a God. But because I've been told there's a God and I'm supposed to love God, I say it, but I don't feel it. I don't know it. I don't even know that there's a God up there who's getting my love. And I don't even know what my love is. It's more words than it is a feeling. All that would be a very honest statement. Most of us don't know there's a God. We hope there's a God. We pray there's a God. But we don't know it. This meditation practice is a personal experience of knowing God directly. And not just knowing God directly, but knowing and living into the loving that is God. God is loving. And when you begin to know that loving, and you begin to be filled up with that loving, and you begin to share that loving back from which it came, you find fulfillment. You find a peace. You find an answer. There's a quiet that comes into your life. And no matter how noisy it gets around you, there's a quiet in your life. And you know how to get there. Through your meditation practice, you know how to get to that center. You know how to move into that place of peace and quiet and loving. And no matter where you go, no matter what's going on around you, you take that peace into it. And you live it. And yeah, there's going to be times where 
you get thrown off center, and you get angry a little bit, and almost start to yell at somebody, or maybe you do, and then you catch yourself and you go, wait a minute, what am I doing? I'm playing their game. I'm playing the game of the world, and I don't want to do that anymore. And you move back into the loving. It's all a choice. It's all a choice. And the greatest choice there is to make in your life is to spend time with God every day. To sit down and go inside and spend a little bit of time just focusing on loving with God. If you want to find out if there's a God, here's how you do it. You sit down and you close your eyes and you go inside and you hold your attention here at what we call the seat of the soul. That's above all that is of the physical nature, of the physical body and world. And we begin to wake up into the divinity of ourselves. This is where it's found at first. This is where the soul comes in and sits and feeds life into the body. And this is where the soul comes and leaves at the last breath. And from this place, in your meditation, you just sit and you just look up and you share your loving with God. Well, you don't know what loving is, do you? You're not really sure that you feel it. Every time you get in love, it's gotten thrown in your face. Or it's been stomped on. Or it's been refused. But this time you're going to just share your loving with God and you say it whether you believe in this or not. If you don't believe in God, say it anyway. If you don't believe in love, say it anyway. And just say, Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you with all my being. And I'm giving my loving to you now. And I open to receive your loving. That's the other side, giving and receiving. As you give, so shall you receive. So give your loving to God. And then open and allow God's loving in. And maybe the first time you do this, you'll get up and you'll go, nothing, don't feel a thing, didn't see a thing, nothing. Next time you do it, nothing. Almost felt like something was going to happen, but I think that was my imagination. But if you do it enough, there'll be a day, whether it be a week, a month, a year, and that can be a challenge, you will finally feel a movement. You'll feel the loving inside of you all of a sudden move and go somewhere. And you go, oh my God, I remember that from a child, my childhood. I hope wherever it's going, it's going to go to God. And then one day, you'll actually feel loving coming back into you. And all of a sudden, you're going to know where that loving is coming from. And that will be from God. And once you have that experience, your life is transformed. And there's no turning back. So if you don't want that experience, don't meditate. <laughs> That's my warning. <laughs> but if you want it, or if you dare even want to try it, it will happen, I know. Because this is the way of the Lord. This is the way of your soul. This is its true nature. 
This is its true longing. And everything I share comes from my own personal experience. You know that. I'm saying, back when I was a child, when I was a little kid, with this and that and the other, it's all from my personal experience. And a lot of my personal experience that laid down the foundation for all this was when I was young, because I was very blessed. I never went to sleep. I stayed awake spiritually. I came in as a soul, as all children do, with awareness of who they are as divinity, as loving, as a child of God. And I was just one of the fortunate ones that wasn't convinced to follow after the world. You know, when we send the kids to school and begin to educate them, the mind gets very active. And the mind begins to take charge and takes rulership. And the world keeps throwing stuff on us at a mental and emotional and physical level to confuse us and to encase us into the world element. And somehow I kept that connection going. And I did so not because of me and not for me. I did so because God wanted me to be here to share with people and to help people understand what they were forgetting. That's the very first thing I said when I first started sharing when I was 18 years old. And I, <laughs> I was literally shaking in my boots. I did, I had my cowboy boots on down in San Antonio. I had been working on a ranch and I was pretty countrified in many ways. And so I literally, literally was shaking in my boots. And I had no idea what I was gonna say, but I was invited into some, some people's home they had friends come in, and here's this 18-year-old looking out and seeing people that are in their 20s and 30s and 50s and 60s, and it's like, what am I doing talking to these people? You know, they're in the world, they're doing the world. I don't know anything about all that. And so I sat there for a while, and I was looking inside trying to figure out how to start, what to say. And then God's love came in. <laughs> it just started sharing. And it just started moving. And the very first thing I said is, I can't tell you anything you don't already know. <laughs> but I might be able to help you remember what you forgot. <laughs> and that's it. So many people have forgotten who they are. So many people have forgotten that they are a child of God. So many people have begun to believe the illusion and the unreal and the separation that they have forgotten the truth. And the truth is so simple. God loves you. And truly, you love God. You have just forgotten. And truly, you came from spirit, and you're going to go back to spirit. And you just think you're the body and the world. But you're not. I remember asking a, a Methodist minister at a Methodist church. I asked him, I said, 
What do you think it meant in the Bible where it says, because he had been, he had preached this that, that morning. And so I went up to him at the door and as people left, he turned to me and says, is there something I can help you with? And I said, I want to ask you a question. And he says, well, I wondered why you were waiting so long just standing there. And I, I said, you know, in the Bible you said that, that Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Where did he go? I want to go there. <laughs> he didn't come to prepare a place for me here in San Antonio. So where did he go to prepare a place for me? So I can go there. I'd like to go there now. <laughs> I figured that's where I was going to find the, the, the fulfillment of that emptiness inside that longing. And I figured, well, if I knew where that was, I could go there. And he said, well, what Jesus was saying is this isn't his world. This isn't his realm. He came from spirit. He came from God. And he went back to God to prepare a place for us to go to if we want to go there. And I'm here as a minister to help people to understand that and how to get there. And I got all excited and says, well, can you tell me how to get there? And he said, well, you come here every Sunday and you worship with us and you sing God's praise and you hear the word of God and, and that's how you'll get back to where Jesus went to prepare a place for you. And I went, really, it's here? He's here? He's, he's preparing a place for me here? He goes, no, no, he's not in this building. He's not in this church. But he has prepared these words. He's prepared all of this so that you can find that place. And I thought there was some truth there, but I couldn't quite figure it out. And I went back home and I talked to God and every day for several days. And this I learned very quickly. Sometimes you have to talk to God a lot and repeat it over and over and over and wear him down until he finds it. Oh, no, I'm not getting the answer. Well, that's how it was for me. I remember I asked something for 90 days straight. Asking, 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 asking. And then all of a sudden the answer came. So I learned you don't just ask once and expect it. You have to really demonstrate to God sometimes that you want it. Or maybe it's getting the stuff out of the way inside yourself to allow it in. I don't know. I've kind of experienced it all different ways. But I went home that day and I began to ask God, well, where is this place that Jesus went? I want to know. And I remember very distinctly after several days of asking in my prayerful state, because now I realize it was my meditation, but I thought it was prayer at the time. All of a sudden I was lifted up out of body, and I went. I went to where he had gone to prepare a place for me, which is in the soul realm. And I entered into that place, and entered into where my soul was. And I knew it. I knew my soul. I knew who I was. I knew it from my childhood, and I had experienced it many times in my prayer. But I had never really gone consciously out of body into it and entered into it. And then I turned and I looked, and this man was standing there talking to me, and for a minute I, I couldn't quite grasp what was going on, and he said, this is the place. 
This is the place I prepared for you. And this is the place that is for you. To wake up and to know the truth of you. You will return here fully one day. But right now you have other things to do. So go. And then all of a sudden I was back in my body. And I didn't like it. <laughs> I did not like being here at all. I was angry. You would think I'd be rejoicing because, oh my God, that would be an amazing experience. But I was angry because I was sent out of where I wanted to be. I was not allowed to stay there. But it did help me to remember the truth of who I am and what I knew, I knew for so long, was now even more real to me. And I knew that one day I would be there fully and I wouldn't have to do this anymore. I wouldn't have to be in the world anymore. I would have whatever that is that's got me anchored here released and I would return and not have to come back. I heard it, I felt it, and I, I was living it. In that moment I was living the truth of myself and soul, in God, in loving. So that's what this meditation is about. That's what this journey is about. Not just this journey that we take on this meditation practice of sound and light. That's what this life is about. That's what this soul is about. That's what this longing is about. And I know from my own experience, Brian knows from his own experience, and there are those of you that are initiated and have received the sacred name that understand that as well. And I remember being seven years old and asked to learn the Lord's Prayer. And I got into trouble for it. Because I would say it over and over and over, trying to remember it, trying to remember it. And when I got to one statement, hallowed be thy name, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I thought, wait a minute, what is that? Well, you know, I looked up repentance, I looked up sin, okay, what's hallowed name? Well, it's a sacred name, the holy name. So I went back up to the Methodist minister again and I asked him, what, what is the hallowed name? What, what, what name is that? I need to know that name. And he goes, oh, wow. Well, um, <laughs> he said, some people think it's Jesus. Some people think it's God. Uh, you know, so you could use either of those terms, and, and that would be the hallowed name of God. And I went home, and I prayed with that, and it wasn't it. You know, I knew it wasn't it, but I didn't know what it was. I went to a rabbi and I asked the rabbi and he said, now that's a good question. That's what we are all looking for and don't know. He said, one time in the Jewish faith we taught the hallowed name, the sacred name, the unspoken name of God. And he took out the Jewish Testament, the Old Testament we call it, the Hebrew Bible and he started pointing out where the hallowed name was mentioned over and over and over in the books of the Jewish Bible. And he said, if you look, it's the most spoken thing in this book. 
and yet it's the unspoken name of God that it's talking about. He said, when they interpreted the Bible into English, they didn't know what the hallowed name was, what the, what the unspoken name of God was that we have written throughout the Bible in Hebrew. And so they interpreted it as Lord or God. But in truth, it's a very sacred name that is spoken by someone who has received it from a teacher who is teaching that pathway that we called initiation. And they spoke that over and over and over. They would wake up and have the power of the name in them, living in them, and they would be awake. And he said, we had the hallowed name in the Jewish faith up until 70 A.D., when the high priest of the temple was killed, when the temple was torn down. And since then, it has been the lost name. It has been the unknown name. And we have looked for it and looked for it and looked for it. And we have the four consonants, but we don't have the vowels. So we don't know what it really is, or how to pronounce it or speak it. And since it's an unspoken name, it really isn't to be spoken, but inside. So nobody knows. It's a lost name. Well, I left there and I went, oh my God. So it exists. But then how do I find it? If it's lost and it's unknown, it's forgotten, how do I find it? But I was determined to find it, and I did. And that's the name that is taught on this pathway of sound and light. Not just here, there are other groups in the world that do teach the same pathway. Ours is maybe the simplest. We don't have a lot of stuff acted upon it. We just teach a very simple, direct action. So, I guess that's enough for a day. <laughs> I said a lot. I hope I... You know, what I want to do more than anything is to inspire people to meditate, inspire people to wake up. If, if my word serves as an inspiration, that's it. That's what I want to do. Give direction, give inspiration, stir the pot movement inside of you and make you begin to look at things differently. So search out for something that maybe you used to search out for and lost your way. All right, well thank you.